Hey there, this is your host, Selena Robinson. You are listening to Journey to Gentle Podcast. I am a mama sharing my journey to live a more gentle life in hopes that it will help you feel less alone, more confident, and educated in your journey. Thank you for tuning in. And on our journey today, I will be answering a couple of questions for you. The first one, is gentle parenting permissive? Is it neglectful? Where does it fit in the parenting styles? And wherever it does fit, is that okay? And so I'm going to go on ahead and answer these questions for you now. Is gentle parenting permissive? The answer to this question is yes and no. Depends on who you ask. (laughs) Is it neglectful? No, definitely not. And is this okay? Is this harmful? Yes and no. It depends on who you ask. And so uh, I've done quite a bit of research on this topic because I want to make sure that I'm portraying it as accurately as possible. You'll find that I tend to do that. And in many ways, this topic does also reflect back to my life because I'm sure just like many of you, I've been called permissive or this parenting style has been called permissive neglectful and passive. So I really wanted to look at the psychology behind it and break it down. So if the few, a few of the things that we're going to be looking at are the history behind parenting styles, the criteria that it's usually used to define the parenting styles, so uh, demanding and nurture or warmth, I will go into what the parenting styles are and where gentle parenting fits into this. Uh, I will also be talking about issues with the culture and issues with the research around parenting styles. And hopefully this will give you a full picture about parenting styles and the science behind it, where gentle parenting fits, and you can decide for yourself uh, whether or not it's permissive, whether or not it's harmful to children, etc, etc. So first things first, we are going to start off with the history. So parenting styles uh, were developed by Diane Baumrind. She was a developmental psychologist and she noticed that preschoolers behaved differently. And she believed that different behaviors were linked to certain kinds of parenting. So she introduced the parenting style as a way to explain how parents attempted to control and socialize their children. She defines parental control as an adult acting as an authority figure. So she does not consider control as blind obedience, harsh punishment, and manipulative behavior. So she thinks that uh, control is a good thing or a certain amount of control, right? So not too much control, like the blind obedience and harsh punishment, but not too little control. So uh, no rules, no limits. She found that many parents were in one of two extremes. They were either very strict and demanding or authoritarian, and they gave very little affection, or they had no rules and limits, but there was lots of warmth and nurturing, also known as uh, permissive parenting. She wanted to find a middle ground, and that's where she came up with authoritative parenting. And later on, a couple of researchers found a fourth style of parenting, that being uninvolved parenting. 
So the four different parenting styles that are recognized by psychology are authoritarian, authoritative, permissive, or indulgent, and uninvolved or neglectful. So what's the criteria? Like, what are we looking at when we're looking at the different parenting styles? So there are two different um, things that are looked at, and it's how, how demanding the parents are and how much they control the children and how much warmth and nurture that they give to the children. Uh, and this is also called responsiveness. Responsiveness is the extent to which parents intentionally foster individuality, self-regulation, and self-assertion by being attuned, supportive, uh, to children's special needs and demands. Demandingness, and this is, I'm going to uh, talk about demandingness and control for a little bit. So demandingness refers to the claims that parents make on children to become integrated into the family home by their maturity, demands, supervision, discipline efforts, and willingness to confront children who disobey. Uh, so this idea of being integrated into the family, I have a slight issue with in that to me it's saying that in order in order for you to be a part of the family you have to act a certain way and I think that's where those statements come like in this family we don't do this but that can be problematic because clearly your kid just did that so does that mean they're not a part of your family and anything that kind of separates a kid from the family because of their behavior can really be problematic, in my opinion. Uh, and willingness to confront a child who disobeys. So, <clears throat> like, I have never wanted obedient kids. And if I ask my kid to do something, like, first off, a lot of times I'm asking, so they have a right to say no, right? But I don't really want a kid to just do what I say because I'm the authority figure. And when I think of obey, that's what I think of. I think of it like a command, like hop to it, <laughs> get your butt up and do it. Um, and then that is definitely something that is talked about uh, later on, that will be talked about later on. So then, yeah, that's responsiveness or warmth and nurture and then demandingness and control. So here's another issue that I find about this idea that children need to be controlled. There needs to be some level of control over children. And it's like, I don't understand why it is that psychology is so focused on controlling children, right? So um, timeouts, I've looked at research for timeouts and that is all about control and obedience. And this, right, looks at how much a parent controls their child, which control is not a goal of gentle parenting. So what I found in looking up control is that psychological control is not okay, but behavior control seems to be fine. So behavior control is setting limits on behavior, not feelings. So there's that difference there, okay? An example of behavior control are curfews, chores, and expecting homework to get done. Psychological control is essentially an assault on the child's self. It's usually like guilt and love withdrawal. I think psychological control would be something like calling the kid lazy and lots of other names and spending less time with them because they're not doing exactly what you want to do. Oh, so like for a behavior control, right? The goal is to set limits while making sure the child feels heard. Or that's definitely what authoritative parenting is, which I will get into later. As a child, 
As a parent, you can control certain behaviors, but you can't control the child's opinion. So you make sure to allow that the child has as many choices as possible, which like that doesn't sound bad, right? Like, of course, it's typically the goal as gentle parents is to collaborate with our children, uh, make sure that they have as many choices as possible, right? Uh, making sure that they feel heard and to set limits. But this idea of controlling behaviors just doesn't sit right with me. Um, like, I don't understand why and I wonder and I hope to be able to like continue to look into this is why people are so focused on controlling children, okay? And I also wonder if newer scientific research is still focusing on control because I found that that older scientific research, that's the focus, but I wonder if the newer scientific research around raising children, if control is still the focus, the goal. Uh, with gentle parenting, instead of controlling children, the parents model control themselves. So the parents control themselves, their emotions, their reactions, and then help rather than demand the children build skills to be able to control themselves. Limits are set, but not typically as many as the science say parents should. So this is really where it comes into um, the idea of like looking for and deciding for yourself, like what limits you want to set. And I tend to set a lot less limits than what a lot of other people think I should. And that is also something that I will talk about in just a bit, okay? <laughs> so now we're going to get into what are the different kinds of parenting styles. So first, I will keep this simple, okay? Um, because if you look up the different parenting styles, you will see little charts and this is how they will kind of be organized in a really simple way. So we have authoritarian parenting, which is high demand and low nurture. We have authoritative parenting, which is the ideal. It's high demand and high nurture. We have permissive slash indulgent parenting, which is low demand and high nurture. And then we have uninvolved or neglectful parenting, which is low demand, low nurture. So in this simplified version, gentle parenting would fit, in my opinion, low demand, so low control of children, and high nurture, so high support emotionally. And so in this case, yes, uh, gentle parenting would fit underneath permissive the permissive parenting style game. So um, in getting into this next part, I just remembered one thing that I didn't mention, and this is going to be a little bit more specific about what exactly the different parenting styles are. But this is like a continuum, right? So it's pretty difficult to put humans into neat little boxes. And especially with parenting styles, the research has found that parents tend to alternate between different parenting styles. So one day they might be very authoritarian. And then to counteract that, the next day they might be permissive. And then when they get tired of doing that, they go back to authoritarian. So it's kind of like this cycle. Um, but even still, and I think I'll talk about this more later when I get into the issues with the research, is that one person might be like in between authoritarian and authoritative, and another person could be in between permissive and authoritative, and they might not fit exactly into one or the other. So there's that little issue right there. <laughs> okay, 
So let's get into a little bit more specifics about the different parenting styles. So authoritarian, which is associated with the second worst outcomes among kids uninvolved being the complete other end of the spectrum but being the worst outcome. So authoritarian, they expect orders to be obeyed and they do punishments. Uh, They're kind of like a drill sergeant. So if you think of like a drill sergeant that you've seen on TV, uh, they are likely to use love withdrawal and psychological control. They have high expectations very high expectations, probably really hard for a child to meet. They are emotionally distant and they give very little warmth. So that's authoritarian. I definitely had an authoritarian parenting parent. Okay. I don't know how many of you also had authoritarian parents, but I definitely had one. So authoritative, this one I have the most because this is the one that is considered or associated with the best outcomes depending on who you ask. So uh, authoritative parents encourage kids to be responsible and to think for themselves and to consider the reason for rules, which I don't really care for rules. I can see situations in which all rules can be broken. Uh, Like an example of a rule would be like no hitting. And me and my brother were 28 and 27 and we still play fight. So we hit each other, we kick, but they're like taps. Uh, and it's it's hitting. It's still hitting. And so that would be a situation in which a rule is broken. But I do have a family member who does not like play fighting at all, and they are against play fighting, period. And so that's, you know, a difference of opinion. But for me and my brother, you know, we, we would honestly break this rule all the time because this is how we play with each other. Uh, they are warm and they set limits. They avoid the use of threats and punishments, and they also use positive reinforcements, positive reinforcement being praise and rewards. They set high standards, but not too high. The standards are fairly achievable for the kids, but they're pretty high. And they inspire cooperation, which I don't really care for cooperation because cooperation can be forced. That's why you will hear me say collaboration rather than cooperation. Uh, They take the child's concerns into account, but at the end of the day, they are the authority, and so they get the final say. Um, Let's see, they are nurturing, responsive, supportive, yet set firm limits for their children. They attempt to control children's behavior by explaining rules, discussing, and reasoning. I mean, can't you do that without, like, controlling the kid's behavior? One of the issues with parenting styles is that Depending on where you look, you will find different things, different ways to define the terms. Uh, There was actually a different podcast that I was listening to that was talking about disciplining children. I don't know if they were specifically talking about parenting styles, but a lot of the stuff that they were saying and they were labeling as authoritative sounded a lot like authoritarian. They were just labeling it as authoritative to get away with it, I guess. Uh, so I'm, I don't mean to be getting into that this early, but that's one of the issues with parenting styles is that different people define them different ways. Um, okay. So the next parenting style is permissive or indulgent. So they are very, very, very responsive and warm, but they don't enforce rules. They don't set limits or have rules and parenting style, uh, parenting styles, gentle parenting does set limits. Okay, I don't know about rules. I don't know that, like, 
<laughs> I kind of, I, if you can tell, I have this issue with rules because you give me a rule and I can find a situation where it seems like it would be okay to break it, like, right? So, like, another rule would be, like, be kind. But, like, what is kindness really and whose definition of being kind are we using when it's time's up on my kiddo's tablet and he can no longer play? He would consider that me being mean. So, do I get the final say as to what's kind as a parent? And then why do I get to be the authority on that? Uh, like, me and my partner have two different definitions of what kind is, okay? Why am I now undermining what my child considers to be kind? You know, like, is my kid not allowed to have their own definition of what kind is? Kindness is very subjective. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> There's that. I really, I really don't like rules. Like, I might set this limit here today and... Uh, consider different options and different routes that can go. So like today I might say no, but maybe we will collaborate and come up with a new plan and things to work on for tomorrow. And someone compared permissive parenting to like a yellow light and authoritative parenting to a red light. So everyone stops for a red light, right? But people will speed up when they see a yellow light. And I'm kind of laughing because sometimes I do this too. And so, like, some people stop, but most people, they will keep going when they see a yellow light. And so if you're not consistent, then the kid won't think that, you know, when you say no, it means no. But, like, I get that. I really, I, it, it makes sense. But I can't just be like, okay, this is the rule and there are no exceptions to this rule when... I can see situations in which I would change it, okay? Like, I I don't want to have this rule and have this rule be the end-all be-all. I would like to work on building skills and working together so that we no longer need that limit there. Limits, for me, feel temporary. But that's just me. So, you know, if you have a difference in opinion, that's fine. Hey, if you have a difference in opinion, I would honestly like to hear from you. I would like, I would love some feedback. You can leave a review. Visit my Facebook page, at Journey to Gentle. I am on Instagram, Twitter. I have a website. I would honestly really love to hear. Where do you think gentle parenting, conscious parenting, mindful parenting, however you want to label it, fits in terms of the parenting styles? How do you feel? Do you feel like setting limits should be a limit should be permanent? Do you have rules in your house? Um, what does this look like for you? Let me know. Uh, you can check out the links below. The links below will take you to my social media. So as I'm editing, I realized that I said check out the links below instead of check out the links in the show notes. It will take you to my social media and the episode page where all the resources will be. And there are also different ways that you can support the podcast. Yeah. I have merch. Uh, you could leave a review or a comment, share the podcast, share my posts. Like, those are awesome ways to support this podcast. One day, I honestly hope to be able to look for the research, look through the research myself and not just look at articles on other people's websites. But that ain't free. So support me. 
And all the links to the websites that I used for this will be linked down below so that you can check them out yourself. So back to permissive parenting. Uh, they let their kids get away with bad behavior. Like, I would say someone has said that I do this, but what does it mean to get away with behavior? If I'm not punishing it, does that mean that they're getting away with it? If I'm working with them on building the skills and getting to the root of this behavior, am I really just ignoring the behavior? Am I really just letting them get away with it? You know, like those are the questions that I ask myself whenever someone sees this. Like some people think that in order to address the behavior, there has to be consequence there and you know skill building could very well be a consequence it's just not a negative one you know it depends on how you look at it all of this is very subjective if you can't tell uh let's see this parenting style the parents are warm but lax they fail to set firm limits to monitor children's activities closely or to require mature behavior of their children but like what's considered mature behavior for children because a lot of times the expectations that people have of their children are a lot too high in what they consider to be mature for certain ages. Especially now if you look at the development and you look at the individual kid. But a lot of times they don't do that. It's like you're four so this is the way you need to behave. They kind of put kids in like this one huge box based off of their age. And they're expected to meet those expectations. And then different people have different expectations for the same ages. So then it's like, okay, who who gets to define what mature is? And who gets to define what those expectations are for children? <laughs> okay, let's move on. Uninvolved neglectful parenting. So this one is where children just meet basic needs. Um, where children just meet basic needs. Where the parents just meet the basic needs of their children so food shelter water clothes and then that's it they are passive which again I've been called passive myself which hurts to think that someone thinks that all I do is give my kids food shelter water and clothes and then I don't do anything else so they spend very little time with their kids and they are uninterested so where the heck does gentle parenting fit in all of this if you get a bit more specific well again depends on who you ask okay it could very well fit into permissive uh depending on if whether or not you have rules and the way that you set limits everyone is different in this category and it can also fit into authoritative or it could be somewhere in between you got to remember, this is a continuum, so you can be in between. You don't have to be one or the other. And I would actually think that gentle parenting would fit in between permissive and authoritative. But each parent is going to fit somewhere different. So this sees a problem with being lax, with being laissez-faire. I personally don't, but that is me. Um, And, and what I might define as laissez-faire, someone else can be different. So like my kids... They climb on the couch and a lot of people wouldn't be okay with that because couches aren't for climbing, they're for sitting on. The thing is, is that I recognize that children have needs. Uh, climbing is a schema. It's something that kids need to do to be able to explore the world along with like dumping out toys, playing in water, running, jumping. Jumping tends to be an issue for us because we live in an apartment. But kids need need not just want but need to do these things 
it is a need. And if I'm not providing anywhere else for my kid to climb, I'm not fulfilling that need. They're trying to get this need met by climbing on the couch. And if I'm not going to take them out to the park, or if like we don't have a backyard for them to run around in, how exactly is this need going to be fulfilled? So I let something like jumping on the couch go because I understand that it's a need and that it needs to be filled and I'm kind of limited in my tools to be able to get it filled. Okay, so authoritative is associated with the best outcomes. The children are well-behaved and successful in school. They are emotionally healthy and socially adapt. Kids from permissive parents are less likely to have behavior problems and emotional problems, but they tend to get into more trouble in school. And a part of me is wondering if that's just because they haven't been taught to just like obey the rules, you know, but I guess it just depends on who you ask. (laughs) Authoritarian uh, kids have increased aggression and defiant behavior over time and are likely to have depression, anxiety, and poor self-esteem. And I do also want to say that for permissive, uh, some studies have found that there tend to be more issues with permissive kids than just trouble in school, but it depends on what research you're looking at. And uninvolved is has the worst outcome overall. So the issue with culture, okay? So the original study and many of the original studies were done with mostly white middle-class subjects that lived in the U.S., And many people have found, many other uh, researchers have found that different people, even within the same country like the U.S., that come from different cultures, they don't fit neatly into these categories or the same things don't um, apply to them. So a study of North A study of Korean American parenting researchers found that over 75% of the population didn't fit into any of the standard categories. Um, Another researcher argues that authoritarian parenting style, as defined by Western psychologists, doesn't have an exact counterpart in traditional Chinese child rearing. And so, like, typically we would associate um, the very, very strict kind of uh, Chinese way of parenting, tiger parenting, I think is what it's called, as being authoritarian. But this researcher is saying that it does not fit into Chinese culture. Another study of Spanish adolescents found that kids from permissive homes were as well-behaved and well-adjusted as kids from authoritative homes, and an international study reported that permissive parenting outcomes were as good as authoritative outcomes. Sometimes they were even better. But then, so like the issue that I found with this study is that they defined uh, permissive parenting different from authoritative parenting. And if you were to change their definitions, their definition of permissive parenting would actually fit the American definition of authoritative parenting. So uh, in a little bit, I will get more into like the issues with the research. So if you compare authoritative parenting to authoritarian parenting across cultures, authoritative parenting is consistently linked to better child outcomes. And this is around the world. Uh, this is across cultures. It's uh, This was an international metadata analysis of 428, of 428 published studies. 
So when I was talking about um, the Spanish study, so they used a different kind of scale. They used a parental control scale, and in that they defined authority or they identified authoritative parents as intensively directive, a supervisory approach. They had exact curfews and they had a lot of rules. They insisted that a child do a chore immediately rather than giving him some autonomy and leeway about timing. By contrast, the research from the U.S. used a parental style index which did not specify, uh, that didn't really uh, specifically identify authoritative parents in that way. So, the research issues. I think I touched on this first one a little bit before. Like, who gets to define the parenting styles? So the way that the researchers would label, like, what parenting style is what, is they would ask a series of questions and then they would give you a score. The scores would be along a bell curve. And different researchers from different studies would decide where on this bell curve one parenting style started and where another parenting style ended. And because the different researchers used different measures, they would get different results. Uh, I have a couple questions here. So like, how do the researchers decide if a parent is more or less responsive, more or less demanding? You know, are they trying to fit people neatly into a box because they really don't fit there, you know? Like, where are the lines drawn? And the, the researchers are the ones who get to choose that. The other issue with the research is the fact that, uh, so like, the parents were asked questions and they were acts to rate on a scale of like one to five. So like uh, an example of a question that I have here is I set strict, well-established rules for my child. And so one parent might be like, yeah, I don't allow my kid to hit. Uh, I, I don't allow them to do this or that. So like, yeah, I do this. Whereas another parent might see the word strict and be like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, I am definitely not strict. My, like, their definition of strict might be completely different from another parent's. And so, like, nope, I, I, I'm not strict. And they very well could be. There are, like, so many different ways to interpret the questions. And so that's kind of a, an issue with the way that this research was done. So um, an ideal way to do the research would be to conduct controlled experiments. So randomly assigning parents to a particular parenting style and then measuring the long-term outcomes. But... Ethical and practical considerations rule this out, so we're left with other types of evidence. Uh, researchers look for correlations between parenting and child outcomes and then try to control for other factors like social economic status. So these studies actually aren't even ideal, but given the uh, ethical restrictions, they're, they're kind of limited in what they're able to do in terms of researching these different parenting styles. Back to the uh, Spanish kids. So, and when I say Spanish, I mean kids in Spain. Uh, let's see, this says teens with permissive parents had higher self-esteem and they were less likely to view the world as a hostile, threatening place and less likely to be emotionally withdrawn. And they were even less likely to be failing in school. And so this was the study that had ki uh, kids from permissive parents were similar to or better than authoritative kids. And 
There were a number of studies that were conducted in Spain, Portugal, and Latin America that had similar findings to this. But this is also where they were using a different scale to determine um, the parenting style. So also this study that was done on Spanish kids for permissive parenting, this says that it allows permissive parents to occupy a space that allows for greater autonomy and downplays negative disciplinary tactics in favor of shaping behavior through parental warmth, positive social interactions, and reasoning, which sounds like uh, gentle parenting to me. You know, uh, indulgent doesn't mean that parents have no standards and it doesn't mean that they ignore antisocial behavior. So that sounds a lot like gentle parenting to me. And I think that is all that I have. I'm sorry that I kind of jumped around with this. Um, I didn't completely get to finish my research like I wanted to. So in conclusion, is gentle parenting permissive? Yes and no. And is that a bad thing? Yes and no. So it can, depending on the definition, it can fit as authoritative parenting or it can fit as permissive. But this is a continuum, so you can be in between the two. You don't have to be one or the other. It's not as that easy to put people in a box. You have to take into account social economic status and culture, culture being a huge factor from what the research has found. Um, I really like this last thing that I had said that indulgent parenting doesn't mean parents have no standards and it doesn't mean that they ignore antisocial behavior. Um, what I think it means is that they address it differently. A lot of people think that there have to be consequences for an action, negative consequences specifically, and that if you aren't giving those negative consequences, then you aren't addressing the behavior and that you have no standards, right? So the way that I address hitting is going to be relatively different from someone who thinks that you have to have negative consequences. So like I will... For me, in terms of like hitting, safety comes first. And I'm using hitting because it's an example where I've been told that I'm letting my four-year-old get away with hitting the baby. And I will be doing a podcast on hitting. So just a quick overview of like what I do is I get in between, I take the baby, give the baby to my partner. Uh, So safety first. I get my baby out of the way so that I can handle my four-year-old. If I pick up my four-year-old and move them to a different room, a lot more people are probably going to end up getting hit and hurt than if I just hand the baby to my partner. And from then, I help my kiddo calm down, whether it be through emotional release or empathy or both. And then from there, we can work on skill building or meeting needs. A lot of times, my four-year-old has this need for space that this boundary has been crossed to where the baby is getting in their space and does not understand when they're telling them to move. And if us adults don't get there fast enough, the baby ends up getting hit. Okay, so not punishing my kid for it doesn't mean that I'm not addressing it. It just means that I'm not addressing it in the way that some people think that I should. And again, I am going to have a podcast specifically on hitting and emotional release and kind of how I deal with hitting that'll be coming up at some point in time. So stay tuned for that. And I, again, would really like to hear your opinion on this. Hopefully uh, this gave you a clear view about parenting styles and what they're all about and where gentle parenting fits in this. (laughs) And I'm kind of chuckling over here because it's like, it's not as easy an answer as people say that it is from what I found, from what I've looked up. But again, my sources will be left in the, on the episode page. 
this is where um, those resources will be. So check them out for yourself and let me know what you think. Send me some feedback, okay? This is a journey I'm still learning. I want to hear from you. And that is it for our journey today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And next, I will see you guys next Friday. Or you will hear from me next Friday. You can't see me because this is a podcast. Okay, I'm out. <laughs>